What's up, you guys? Welcome to the September 9th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher, doing a, a new kind of a pod. We've been doing a lot of review on ranks and stuff, but we're going to go more general here, and we're going to talk about some auction drafts, my favorite. Um, with me to do so is Dr. Ray Steve Alexander. What's up, man? Well, I just watched an incredible football game. Uh-huh. Uh, Cam Newton is still alive. <laughs> He may be concussed. He may not. He looked like he knew what was going on. Like he was fully aware, running up to the line of scrimmage, yeah. spiking the ball. Like I think he's okay, but man, he took at least four shots to the head today. They had pressure. I mean, that Broncos pass rush is really, really good. He was under pressure all night, and man, he made some incredible scrambles getting out of the pocket. He, he's something special, man. And and you bring up the the durability thing, how he's just a tank. Is he? The NFL's version of LeBron. I mean, that guy is just indestructible and just a total tank. I mean, that's a that's a perfect comparison, man. He he's he's the NFL's LeBron. And while we're talking about football, I, I want to kick CJ Anderson where the sun doesn't shine because oh. he ruined me in like all my football leagues last year because I was all in on him. And uh he had an incredible game tonight, man. He played really well. Yeah, he was I mean, I have him on one team, one of my more expensive teams. And, man, I already changed my, my team name to Anderson Window. <laughs> <laughs> it's come so silly. I have the logo of the Anderson Windows, if, if you guys haven't looked to buy windows before. Um, okay, so let's get – by the way, uh, that football game was so good. Um, I was on the edge of my seat. And is it October 25th yet for, for the NBA? All right, all right so here we go. We're talking about Denver, Carolina, by the way. Yes, I'm sure. I hope I'm pretty sure most actually some basketball fans aren't football fans. Yeah, they don't care. Yeah, but hey, it's a little tangent for us for a couple minutes. So auction drafts. I uh, gotta ask first and foremost: Do you prefer auctions or do you prefer snake? Is it a clear difference, or you could kind of go either way? You know, I, I've been doing this for 25 years. At this point, I, I like my leagues and you know some of my leagues are points leagues and we're talking basketball now some of them are points leagues deep drafts uh i love the 30 team we're in Hmm. um some of them are are regular snake draft 10 team leagues some of them are 14 team snakes some of them are auctions um i like all of them still uh after all this time I'm more interested in who the people are in my league, um, what the what the vibe is in the league. Uh, the format to me doesn't really matter. I like the fact that you and I play in so many leagues. I mean, what you're in like ten football leagues or something? Twelve. I can't even imagine how many basketball leagues you're in. I used to be in like twelve basketball leagues. I've cut that down to hopefully five or six this year, but. Um, I'm good with all the formats. I mean, I, to me, auction is the most fun because you really control what you're going to do. You're either going to spend all your money early or you're going to save all your money and try to put together a team that's solid top to bottom. But uh, auction's probably the most fun because you have so much control over how it goes. I don't know about that. You, you do and you don't. Uh, for I love auction. Like I, if I have to put a lead together, 
And actually, the twelfth league I joined was a league I created because I did eleven snake drafts, and I'm like, man, I need an auction in my life. So the day of this was Tuesday, and I kind of knew I was going to do it. Um, I just looked for people, and it's hard to put the thing together. Like people are too busy because you really have to be locked in for two and a half hours, two hours, depending on how you do it. So it's a much bigger commitment. But yeah, I mean, like you said, you you pick who you want. But it's tricky. We'll get to some tricky stuff. But you gotta, yeah, it's it's definitely more strategy. And um, but yeah, if you want a super stud, you could get him and just bid for him early. And that's usually the way you go. If you really, really, really want a guy, you may want to just do it early. Um, that way you don't get in a pinch. And we'll talk about that stuff later. But yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'm a big fan. If you've never done an auction before, I, I can't I can't praise it enough. It's it's one of my favorite. It's like probably the the peak of fantasy sports. Uh, it's just so good. Okay, so general tips. You and I are more pro spend early, uh, and I love it for a lot of reasons that I'll get into. But what what's your main reasons for kind of going early, or is it is it something that you need to do, or more of a thing you kind of like to do or want to do? Well, I have not. I'll be completely honest here. I've not been that successful with auctions the last couple of years. I'll and tell I you think... why after you say so. Actually, let me tell you why. It's for basketball, right? Yeah. Because you and I have rankings. <laughs> you know who we like. And that's kind of like when I'm, when I'm doing auctions with people who know, like know me really well at a basketball draft. I mean, if you're, dra- if you're an auction draft against me, just look at my ranks on the site and you know who I want to bid on and you can just outbid me. You know, that's, that's just tough. And the football too, like people who've drafted with me before, they know who I like and it's, it's kind of tough to get those cheaper guys that you would get for maybe like four or $5. Instead, they're going to cost you like nine or 10 because people know you want them and they can drive the price up as hard as they want. I, I agree. And I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and whine about, right, right. um, and I'm not saying you're whining. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and whine saying, "Oh, everybody knows who I like," <laughs> um, therefore they're going to they're going to pimp me and and take my guys and bid me up. Um, but it, it is a factor, and it, it does make it hard when you enter an auction and everybody knows what you want to do going in. It makes it harder for you to succeed. Um, having said that, I still like. The idea of if I'm playing in a 12-man league with my boys, I still feel like I can spend all my money on two or three guys and then draft my sleepers uh, late for low dollars and still still compete and win. Um, but the flip side of that is like fantasy sports are a lot different right now than they were 10 well, 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Because back then, everybody had to do their own research and find their guys uh, that were going to help them. Now, I feel like everybody's kind of operating off the same spreadsheet. And it may not be exactly the same. One guy may be using ESPN's rankings. You know, a guy's using Yahoo. A guy's using uh, Roto World. I mean, there's so many options out there, but everybody's done the same research and everybody's rankings for the most part are similar. So it's it's more difficult to find those sleepers today than it was before everybody had the same information. Yep. And it's 
you like everyone knows to your point everyone knows who the sleepers are everyone knows who the high demand guys are so if, if you know and a thing i like to do too is if you know you want to draft like miles turner or whoever that you're really high on is you know in a league you don't put people you don't know like a public league or um the yahoo pay leagues and stuff you know you could kind of be reasonable on price and i like to kind of make a list of the guys that i like and before the draft I set a range of what I want to spend on. That way, that way I don't kind of get caught in the moment. Uh, obviously, you know, if you save your money, like you didn't get a lot of studs and you got the extra cash, then yeah, you know, go over what you had projected to budget out. But yeah, if you can budget out a team, I, I kind of like that idea. It takes you a good four or five minutes to do it if you really studied up for it. Uh, I love doing that. Uh, and then yeah, the like the same thing too is knowing your competition. And so to my earlier point, where and I mean. Anyone listening to this podcast right now, I'm pretty sure you're probably pretty dedicated and your buddies are they they know you you got a target on your back. So people are gonna bid up on the guys that you're even bidding on. So kind of like bluffing a little bit. Like sometimes I like to bid up guys that I don't that I don't like. It's risky. Uh, you, I, w- I want guys that I'll take, but not guys that I want. So if you're if you're that guy that's heavily targeted, you really gotta be bidding a lot just to kind of mask your bidding pattern. So it's kind of like poker a little bit. So like I said, auctions are, are a lot of fun, but yeah, bidding up, bidding on everyone, uh, if whether you want them or not, is a, a big, big thing to do if if you're going to try to mask what your plan is. Um, okay, so uh, to me, I like spending up early because, like I was saying, I'd rather just spend up, get my guys, because I know I'm going to have a tougher time getting the popular sleepers as much as I would love to get them. So I generally get two guys uh, for football. Uh, it's much more important for me to have a stars and scrubs, so two or three guys you spent more than half your money on, and then the rest you kind of fill in for a couple bucks. So yeah, it's a, it's, and do you go, do you try to do a lot of $1 guys for the back end, do you try to get some two, $3 guys, or just whatever the draft gives you? It it depends. If I, if I, if I, if I go into a draft telling myself that I'm going to own Steph Curry, (laughs) and I'm going to own Kevin Durant, um, I'm pretty much going to be taking what's left at the end. And again, I feel like I'm smart enough and know enough that I can pull that off. Um, but everyone that you're playing against is really savvy. And the guys you think you can steal for $4 um, may go for 7 or $8. And it's it's just it's a lot harder than it used to be to go uh, stars and scrubs in basketball, but but I still am addicted to it, and that's that's what I try to do for sure. Yeah, it's like you said, it is really tough. Um, for my case last night, um, I thought I was going to be able to get Marvin Jones somewhat cheap, uh, who's really come up lately. He had a great preseason, and probably about a month and a half ago, it probably would have cost like four or five dollars. But I spent fifteen on him um, just because he was, and also another thing too is you want to identify tiers. Sometimes you could do it in your head. Sometimes you may want to do it before time. But you want to pinpoint, and people do this, you can tell. When there's the last really good running back or the last really good center or the last really good outfielder for baseball, everyone knows it. And when he gets nominated, you're just like, oh, here, here you go. People are going to spend that money they kept on the side right now. So uh, that's a tough thing. That, and that's, again, really identifying. Just identif- identifying demand is just the whole key thing for, for auction drafts. Um, but, yeah, if, if you really want a guy, make sure you set that, that cash aside. And sometimes you just can't afford to do it. Like my football draft, man. 
Um, I didn't really like Jordy Nelson, but I was bidding on him, and someone, no one else bid on him. So I got him pretty cheap, probably about like 65% of what the suggested price was. I got Des Bryant super cheap, and uh, I got Allen Robinson a little bit cheaper because guys were just trying to save their money for the sleepers later and stuff. So, yeah, just take kind of take what the draft gives you. I had this football team, man. I have, um, I think it's uh, 16 roster spots. I think I have, like, nine guys that are for a dollar. Like, my quarterback's <laughs> a dollar. I just spent my whole money early, man. But it's cool. And football, too, again, um, the waiver wire is so much more valuable in football. Like, there's maybe three or four difference makers in basketball where football, you could have – you could draft like garbage, and you could still. I mean, I had one team where I had Andrew Luck and all these guys who just flopped, but I still won the league because I made the good pickups. So you can't really get again. Can't get away with stars and scrubs as much for me. Uh, anything else you want to add? Sorry if I'm talking too much. No, man, you're good. Um, yeah, I, I I agree with you. Football, it's easier to make waiver wire pickups that are going to be meaningful. Um, now basketball, like you said, has um, waiver wire pickup guys that show up in like week three that can change your season. Like Will Barton last year, yeah, Marvin yeah. Williams, like they're there, but it's n- they're not as prevalent as in the NFL because in, in the NFL, I mean, as much as injuries are prevalent in the NBA. I mean, they're way more prevalent in the NFL. And you can always find a running back midseason that suddenly is going to start doing something. Uh, Where in the NBA, you're more, you're kind of stuck with who you draft for the most part. And you have to draft wisely and you have to get those young guys with upside that have good second halves and, and do what they're supposed to do. Um, so, but but I think you have to be a better drafter to win an NBA league than a football league. Yeah, and depth is so much more important for the same reasons you were saying. And the thing too now, especially NBA, there are so many guys just fill in for because so many guys play different positions. So when a guy goes down, like like Casey the Chiefs right now, Jamal Charles is hurt. Spencer Ware is going to pick up a lot of the carries. It's whereas, well, and that's. That's that's one of the things I was going to talk about is I, I drafted Jamal Charles in in a in a tr- football draft. I only have two football leagues this year. I, I like got completely out. I, I can't keep up with all this. Um, I, I took Jamal Charles. I was like, oh, I'll get Spencer Ware, you know, in round seven, and then some dude in round six took Spencer Ware and like took my handcuff. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? You just took my guy. He's like, well, Jamal Charles is hurt. I'm taking Spencer Ware. I was like, oh. But to my point, everybody now has the same information, and you can't steal guys like you used to be able to. Yep. And then, like I was trying to say, was it's it's just not a straight handcuff in basketball. Some yes, yeah, sometimes, and people know who if someone goes down, there's a lot of fill-ins. But what like Harrison Barnes last year, who got gets a good amount of minutes, but obviously not a lot of shots. But when he went down, man, it was like all these random guys. It, you would think Iguodala would gain a little bit of value, but he really didn't. I mean, Brandon Rush came in for the mix. They just used so many different combinations to replace that guy. Uh, it's just, I mean, teams will play, what, 18 different lineup combinations in a game or something like that. Um, the starters usually only get, I think I think the, the Pistons were high 18 last year. 
um, which is really high. Usually it's like 13, 14 minutes for the starting group to be together on the same time. So it, it's it's just, again, the moral of the story is, is just you you can't build off the waiver wire. So drafting depth is paramount for, for hoops. Um, really in, in hoops, I think uh, the only the only handcuff options that I think really work are point guard and center. Mm-hmm. Like, like point guard, you know who the backup point guard is, and if 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 you draft Drew Holiday, and he goes down, you're going to want his backup um, at the bottom of your roster just in case. If you're in a deeper league, yeah. Um, so, but, real quickly, why don't we why don't we delve into that really fast? So, point guard handcuffs. Uh, you would say Jarrett Jack behind Schroeder, right? Yep, he would pick up a lot. Marcus Smart would pick up a lot. Uh, I think Ramon Sessions would pick up a lot behind Kemba. Uh, I wouldn't say if Lynn went down, um, Grievous Vasquez, I think that would be kind of a, a big group, especially with their two rookies they have on their roster. Uh, Kyrie, same thing. If he went down, they would kind of mix and match their way. We'll see some Shumpert. Uh, stop me at any time here. Uh, if, like Darren Williams, another guy who went down. Brea got really hot, but they mix in some guys. And then Devin Harris got hurt too, so that really helped Brea. Um, Moutier, you would see maybe see some Murray with some Jameer. Uh, I think Rich Ish Smith would be a straight backup to Reggie Jackson, so he'd be a, a really hot, especially DFS. Uh, I don't think Curry would have would have a great pickup with with Livingston and those guys. Um, obviously, not the Rockets, um, not the Pacers. I don't think, uh, not not the Lakers. Maybe some Lou Williams behind D, D. Russell. I doubt that I'd pick up Calderon. Um, I don't think it would matter for the Grizzlies. They'd probably split Baldwin and Harrison behind. Conley, uh, I'm talking your ear off here. Um, Tyler Johnson would be an interesting pickup. Chris Dunn would be a great – Chris Dunn would be one of those must-add kind of players, right? Yeah, I mean, you love Chris Dunn. I do, man. Summer League matters. <laughs> and and I, I love your love of Chris Dunn. Like, <laughs> I, I think that's pretty cool. And that's uh, – we're talking uh, Minnesota Timberwolves there. Um, Chris Dunn, you had ranked – pretty high in in our tiers for the draft guide mm-hmm. and uh i kind of like it man but tyus jones is there too uh tyus jones can play um but yeah chris dunn's a good example of a guy that i would handcuff him to ricky rubio yeah uh, he's he's definitely on the short short list um but yeah like you mentioned ty tyus jones that's that's a big thing i want to see that's like one of my top five rotation things i want to watch is if Tibbs wants to, he usually goes nine man. So if he goes nine man with a lot of extra weight in front, so Bielitsa, Cole Aldrich will definitely be in there. Um, Muhammad, where he fits, if he plays some four, if he goes heavy there, they may go straight three guard rotation, which would be awesome news if you have Rubio or Chris Dunn. But yeah, uh, Rubio. Speaking of, of Minnesota, are you aware that the only shooting guard we have yeah. in the depth charts is Zach Levine. Yeah, I switched. We had done over at shooting guard just to, I think, make it look better. I switched it over because he's he's pretty much a, a straight point guard. But they play him a lot. I mean, Rubio played a lot of shooting guard in Spain, uh, so he has that capability. Uh, and then, obviously, they, they started Chris Dunn at shooting guard in Summer League with Tyus Jones technically starting at point guard. So they're, they're going to mix and match a lot, man. If they play three-guard rotation, man, that, that's going to be really sweet. So my point is that if Zach Levine is the only shooting guard in Minnesota, you might want to jack 
Zach Levine up a little bit on your list. I drafted him actually in a, a couple mocks I've been doing. I, I'm starting to come around. Uh, I keep looking at those post break numbers, man. He was so good. So, yeah, maybe have to pimp him up a little bit more. Um, not like Miles Turner, but we'll have to pimp love him up. me. I love me some Zach. Yeah, you do. Uh, I always think of you when that, that, that's good for your brand, right there, man. Uh, that you've associated yourself with uh, Zach Levine. Uh, I'm good with, with talking about the rest of these point guards, man. We'll say that's another pod right there. Uh, point guard handcuffs. The the one I would like to mention is I thought you had um, Jared Bayless a little too low in your tiers. Yeah, it's, uh, just not. The, I'd, I'd rather have upside. I'd rather have a guy that I because if if Bayless goes off, I don't. Even with the good system, I think his steals will come up. But I, I'm just not really enamored with the the low ceiling and guys that we've already seen. He does have the new system, but we've seen Bayless kind of hop around the league. Um, and I thought he kind of had a, a resurgence last year. I mean, he had some good runs going. Uh, he was a good fit on the Bucks. But yeah, I mean, we could def- we could see Brett Brown. That high high tempo is is very beneficial for guards. You I like feel like Brett Brown really likes Jared Bayless. Yeah. I think I, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of in the Jared Bayless uh, corner. <laughs> Like you are all over Darren Collison, sort of. Uh, Jared Bayless is my Darren Collison. <laughs> Doesn't it feel good to Bayless? No, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> hey, dude. The, uh, the the draft guide I think has uh, calculated and is good. All right. So yeah, it's uh, we're up we're up there and running. Up and running. All right. So everyone out there, make sure you guys get that draft guide. We put a ton of work into it. We have what projections on what like 300 guys or something. Uh, it's probably closer to 400. Jeez. Yeah, we we got to add, we got to add J.R. Smith, um, <laughs> campaign, <laughs> solo Hill and Yi Jianlin. Yeah. Good old chairman. <laughs> we got to add those guys, uh, stats. And after that, man, this thing is chock full of, yeah, and we update that thing pretty much every day man like every day i'll be going on there going over the news and tweaking like if someone like um drew holiday just got bumped down uh with that terrible news with his wife uh so he he i hate i hate doing that man bumping guys down in fantasy but i went and looked at his games like what what like this okay now here is a roto world draft guide um manipulation conversation you guys are gonna hear what? How many games would you put him at? Sixty-five. I have him at sixty-eight, and I had him at sixty-eight before this all went down. Yeah. So I went in there. I was like, I got to drop his games. And I was like, I've already got him at sixty-eight. So I I felt okay with that. Yeah. Um. So because he, he can't going. he can't miss games twice. I mean, if he's going to miss those games, he's not going to, you know, it kind of lowers his chances to miss other games. So I think that's sound logic. I felt like 68 was the breaking point. Like, so anyway, um, I'll probably leave him at 68. Yeah, I, th- I, think that's, I think that's fair, man. All right, so yeah, draft guide uh, should be should be pumping, and we'll be going we'll be going crazy. So yeah, all, all the old articles are gone, all the new ones are there. It's good to go. Did we go get, get rid it. of the TJ, uh, the TJ McConnell picture yet, or no? Well, yeah, that that well, you know what happened, dude? I uh, my email auto corrected CJ. McConnell oh, wow. To CJ uh, McConnell. <laughs> That's great. 
And they put up, they were like, oh, it's CJ McConnell. So they put up TJ McConnell. Oh my God. That's a great backstory. If, if you guys didn't see it and probably didn't, we had pictures it, of uh, what? It was Curry. Um, who else was, let me pull it up here. Uh, the pictures of the guys for the positions. We had dude, Curry, TJ McConnell may still be there. <laughs> no, he's, he's fixed. It's CJ now. Oh, he is? Yep. He's good. Woo! Sitting there in those red Portland jerseys, man, looking nice. So again, we had uh, Curry, LeBron, Millsap, Carl Towns, and TJ McConnell um, for, 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 for the shooting on, guards, yeah, right? For the point guards. guards, yeah. It, it was. It made me laugh, man. And and uh, Mike sent me a screenshot of the draft guide preview, and I was like, "Who is that?" <laughs> He's like TJ McConnell. I'm like. What? That was my boy for thirty deep, man. He he got me a lot of wins. He was good. Uh, TJ, last pick in my thirty thirty man. Uh, Dude, I love up. I love me some TJ McConnell, but not that much. Yeah, bear down, U of A guys. All right, all right. So, anything else you want to add? No. Right. Um, I hope you guys like the draft guide. I hope you guys are killing it in uh, football week one. Let's do it. CJ's man, CJ's best time, of, best of, time of year right now for sure, man. I am happy to not be drafting football teams anymore and just to, just go straight basketball. I'll take thirty minutes every Thursday setting my fantasy rosters and making waiver claims for football, but man, but it, it's basketball time, baby. I'm so pumped right now. All right, so we are out of here on that. So much for a fifteen minute pod, Steve. So <laughs> you guys have a great weekend and thanks so much for coming on, man. Have a good week.